global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by BNY Mellon. Introducing Asset Strategy View, helping fund managers gain insight into where asset owners are investing and how their strategies are changing. Visit BNYMellon.com to learn about Asset Strategy View. U.S. stock index futures are moving higher with raw material producers poised to follow commodity prices higher before a speech by Federal Reserve Janet Yellen. The pound is dropping to a three-week low after polls showed more Britons favor quitting the European Union. And S&P e-mini futures are up six points. Dow e-mini futures up 62. NASDAQ e-mini futures up 13. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. DAX in Germany is up three-tenths percent. Ten-year treasury down six thirty seconds. The yield 1.72. NYMEX crude oil up 2.1% or $1.03 to $49.65 a barrel. COMEX gold up three tenths percent or $3.30 to $12.46.20 an ounce. The euro $1.1353, the yen 107.11. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. It is 848 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Mark Whitehouse, an editor for Bloomberg View. After U.S. employers turned in their worst hiring performance in almost six years, the people responsible for managing the economy must be wondering, are businesses running up against the limits of how many jobs they can create? Not necessarily. True, the unemployment rate at 4.7% is extremely low. But because it counts only those actively seeking work, it misses millions of jobless who are staying on the sidelines. If those people will work, then employers can keep hiring without unduly pushing up wages and inflation. Gross flows into the labor force suggest people are willing. Consider, for example, the large number moving straight into jobs without ever showing up as unemployed. On average, in the three months through May, about 1.7% of the population did so, a bit less than in previous months, but still high by historical standards. So workers are available, if only businesses saw enough demand for goods and services to employ them. This supports the case for more ambitious stimulus policies, such as government infrastructure investment, to avoid leaving millions of potential workers behind. I'm Mark Whitehouse. For more View, please go to BloombergView.com or ViewGo on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentary can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio. This is a real treat. Howard Marks with us with Oak Tree, author, uh, a gentleman of wisdom linking economics into investment right now. We just had a fabulous discussion with Richard Clarida for years at the Columbia Economics Department with PIMCO now about the underlying theories that Chair Yellen and, for that matter, Dennis Lockhart believe in. Do you believe in the models of the last 20 years in economics, the the mathematics, the dynamics, stochastic general equilibrium, and the others? Do they still have a value? Well, no model captures the uh, entire workings of the economy. The economy is just not that uh, dependable and it's not that simple. I think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, the real questions are, do you leave it alone, uh, laissez-faire, or do you try to steer it uh, through an activist Fed and Treasury? Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I think that the uh, laissez-faire, the uh, free market, uh, 
does the best job of allocating resources in the long run and comes to uh, the most efficient solution. Uh, the problem is that it brings pain in the short run because in a free market, there are winners and losers. Have we cleared our markets eight or nine years into the game? Uh, cleared Have them? we cleared our markets of the debt? Oh, the structure of what we had in 06, 07. Well, we have we we have more debt now than we did uh, those, those years ago, nine, ten years ago. Uh, less of it is on the private side; more of it's on the public side. Uh, the financial institutions are less levered. Um, I think that the the debt still exists. It's but it is uh, less dangerous. The Back and forth over what the Fed is going to do and when they're going to do it consumes us and it consumes the water cooler talk on Wall Street. But how much does it matter to you as you make investment decisions? It doesn't matter much to me. Um, I'm not what you call a Fed watcher um, and I'm certainly not a Fed guesser. And I don't think that the uh, that the Fed is as powerful as the Fed watchers uh, seem to believe. Um you know, uh, obsession with what's called the macro has reached a fever pitch in the last 10 years. And uh, most people want to think about risk on, risk off, whether the Fed will be uh, friendly or, or hostile to business. Um, and I don't think that's the whole story. Uh, at Oak Tree, what we try to do is micro. We try to invest in companies and industries and securities uh, where we think we're getting good value at a good price. Um, but, um, you know, certainly there is a huge level of interest in the Fed. Of course, by now, people should have figured out that no matter what the Fed puts into action, it doesn't always accomplish its goals. So uh, its actions should be looked at with something of a grain of salt. Well, is there a point at which the level of interest rates makes a difference to the earnings of the companies that you want to invest in, or is that just too far down the road to worry about? Yeah, I think it's too far down the road because I don't think there's going to be a major change in interest rates anytime soon. I think the people who think rates are going up think they'll go up a little, and and then other people don't think they're going to go up or think they're going to go down. But I think that, you know, uh, if you said – do you think interest rates will be uh, at today's level plus or minus, let's say, a point and a half in five years? I think most people would be within the point and a half plus minus rather than outside. Mm-hmm. 175 some thousand people just took the CFA exam this weekend, various shades of level one, level two, uh, level three. I believe somewhere in the curricula is a worship of free cash flow. Is that what matters right now? Well, I think free cash flow is very important. You know, uh, I have to say that I think it was during my lifetime that something called earnings per share uh, How quaint. <laughs> became, became venerated, yeah. uh, you know, was considered a new concept. Uh, and now people are looking at all the ways in which that could be inaccurate or manipulated. So people are looking at free cash flow, and I think it's a very useful concept. How do you find value in a distorted world? I mean, if we don't know where the risk-free rate is, Jack Trainer just passed away here a few uh, uh, within the week or so. He's Sharp, Trainer, Jensen, the rest of them figured out this risk-adjusted return. How can we adjust? Well, it's very hard to adjust. Uh, 
Uh, first of all, by the way, I want to point out, Tom, that my uh, CFA certificate is number 3930. This uh, is early. This is early. So I, I figure that 97% of the current CFAs got theirs after me. Well, I'd say 99%. <laughs> Maybe so. It's, it's amazing yeah. how it's exploded, yeah. particularly yeah. in Asia. That's just, right. It's just That's amazing. Right. That's right. Um, but um, but to take this to the mathiness, if you yeah. have a three-ratio DuPont relationship or a five-ratio study of the dynamics, the Newtonian plug-and-chug of the four accounting statements and the cost of money, can you do that today, day in and day out at Oak Tree? Well, we're trying. We, we, we try to get a superior understanding of our companies, uh, a deeper understanding, and uh, not guess at what's going to happen in the macro. Of course, it, it is hard to do because what happens in the macro is going to influence the way we are. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is we try to be as isolated uh, from the ma- macro effects as possible and just look at what's going to happen with a very, very strong emphasis on free cash flow. Within that emphasis on free cash flow, do you predict that mergers will continue as a proxy for finding growth? The only way you can find growth is to go buy it, and that puts a premium on things, which right now there's some silly premiums some would suggest, but others would find value. Yeah, well, I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, one for guessing at the future. Uh, Einstein said, I don't think about the future. It'll come soon enough. Um, I think that, you know, most trends continue until they are brought to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so the interest in mergers, you know, will probably continue uh, until the environment yeah. changes. And then this is the important perspective. It goes back to your book on common sense and, and, and such. Do we end with stability and control? Or do you assume with the great distortion that Chair Yellen will speak about at 12 noon and Mike McKee here in moments, do you just assume instabilities? When this finally ends? Well, I mean, it depends on what you mean by instability. I mean, the the economy cannot cannot be a smoothly functioning machine that that chugs along and has the same result year in year out. It's just not the nature of things. Uh, it'll be it'll have stronger periods and weaker periods. Uh, I hope and believe that if it's not overstimulated, mm-hmm. it will not overcorrect. Mm-hmm. What should just last question, if I could? What should Apple do with all that cash? It's a, I saw a chart this weekend of the cash relative to other companies. Uh, well, uh, John Thorndike's book, The uh, The Outsiders, suggests what they should do is make an assessment of, of uh, how their stock is priced. And, uh, you know, lately people have been, seemed to be pricing Apple low, thinking that, it, that the sizzle is gone. And if the if the, if the uh, uh, stock price is low and the free cash flow is strong, then, you know, chances are that's a good formula for buying your stock. We'll leave it there. Howard Marks, thank you so much. Fascinating. Did you have a moment of silence this weekend for all the people that took the CFA exam? (laughs) They were like equipment leasing. I've studied equipment leasing five times, folks. I'm waiting for the clouds to part and understanding. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Stay with us.